Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Yeah, so we we are fourteen, like I said. Um, so one uh, withdrew, and then one the lady was yeah sure was expectant, and then she joined the other class. Yeah, so that's twelve. Yeah, yeah. So we graduated twelve. Yeah, the journey, to be honest, from that year, second year, up to the final. Be honest, <clears throat> was full of ups and downs. Well, ups in such a way that um, you know the way the program was designed, um, the government made partnerships with a lot of um, other organizations, uh, schools as well, hospitals, even other people from outside. Because um, I remember one of the partners. External outside Malawi, one of them is University uh, of Makerere University. So uh, the partnership was that uh, Makerere University will be supplying some of the lecturers mm. for this program because one being a new program, you need lecturers. Mm, yeah, yeah. So mo- most of the units are taught by lecturers from other universities outside Malawi. Yeah. So for people from uh, lectures from a, the vet school in Makerere University, others came from UK, uh, Australia. Remember one was from US and the others local. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones who were in the practice. Those mm-hmm. guys who yeah, the ones who um the ones the government sent abroad to vet medicine way before. Okay. Some of them joined the teaching career. Okay. Sure. So but <clears throat> uh it, it was full of ups and downs. The ups one, it was a, a program we enjoyed the program to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um there were a lot of trips we used mm-hmm. to Go field trips a lot, almost, uh, say three times a week. Yeah, so we're traveling a lot throughout the country. Mm, to be honest, by now, the only district that I've not visited in Malawi is Likoma Island. It's an island uh, in uh, Lake Malawi. That's the only district that I've never visited. But the rest of Malawi, from Chitipa, the border with Tanzania, all the way to Msanje, the border with Mozambique, I've been to every district. Why? Because of school. Yeah, so we would go visiting farmers in all these districts. Mm-hmm. At some point, we would go in border sections where now the meat, processed meat, mm-hmm. uh, unit where they are, they are checked. Mm-hmm. So as a veterinary public health unit, mm-hmm. we were supposed to do that as well. Wow. Yeah. So that was a very comprehensive program. Yeah, very comprehensive. So apart from treating animals, would be in veterinary pub- uh, public health services, mm-hmm. would be in the laboratory that mm-hmm. diagnosing diseases, uh, yeah would be doing a lot of things, pathology. So it was so quite extensive. Mm. Yeah. And uh, through that, I learned a lot of things. Mm. Now, the uh, I'd say the downside of it was that, one, veterinary medicine is a, a program that uh, when you are learning the content, it is you understand. It's easy to follow. You understand mm. why 
uh, for example, uh, horses can sleep while standing. Uh-huh. Why? Because we call them, we call it passive stay apparatus. They can lock their joints uh-huh. and then sleep while standing. Wow. That phenomenon is again the same. It's also in elephants. Uh-huh. Yeah, it also happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so when you learn about those fun, interesting things, uh-huh. and you ch- check why is this so, so you look at the anatomy of the bones uh-huh. and the way the muscles are structured. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have that capability. So uh-huh. it's easy to follow. The challenge is, the information is bulky. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're doing a comparative anatomy. You're learning anatomy of a chicken. Mm-hmm. You're learning anatomy of a dog, of a horse, mm-hmm. of an elephant, mm-hmm. of a snake, mm-hmm. of a bird in the air, of a fish in Every the sea. So you'd find that each family of the animals, mm-hmm. yeah, you get one animal and learn. And you know, when you're looking at the anatomy, you look at the anatomy of like bones alone. Mm-hmm. So they are like from, I should say, from... Um, the beginning of my arm, midway, here. Mm-hmm. Only the bone, not including muscles. Mm-hmm. You have more than 300 parts here. Ooh. So you're supposed to know at least two-thirds of those because they ask you in exams, what is this part? Supercapular fossa. Mm-hmm. And you know, they have, some of them are Latin names, very complicated names. So yeah. Longismus dorsi, some of the names of the muscles. You have to know the correct spelling of it. So the information is bulky. So that's more than even medicine. medicine. To be honest, like yes. Yes, to be honest. Doing one, one animal. Yeah, yeah, he's a human being, yeah. But for you, you're doing multiple animals. What? Multiple so animals. So different? Yes. Oh, mm. my goodness. There are differences in the way they are. Mm. But, yeah, so it's barking. Information mm. is barking. Yeah, that is just anatomy and physiology. When it comes to now microbiology, mm. oh, my God, it's another new world. Mm. Eh. But there are so many. Mm-hmm. Parasitology, parasites. There are many, so you have to know all those things in your head. They have to be there. So information is bulky. So that is the downside of the challenge. So you have to spend countless of hours studying, studying, and studying. Soon after you come out of the class, don't spend much time, you know, socializing. Spend much time on books. Yeah. So to be honest, if we, we were to compare the life we had with other programs, our colleagues had more freedom, you know, than us. So when you meet me in the corridor, it means I'm going to the library. You meet me in the corridor, I'm going somewhere, maybe for a group discussion. Mm. Yeah, we meet in the corridor. Yeah, it's very rare moments you find me socializing. But we are, we are, we are, we are socializing, to be honest. We would uh, socialize. Mm. But if you to compare the magnitude of social life compared to other programs, we had less compared to them. Why? Because of the nature of the program. It needed you to be sitting at the school. Otherwise... You fail one unit, especially these basic, the core units like anatomy. You fail those units, you can't proceed because that is a core unit for the program. So that was uh, like the downside of it. The information is a lot. Coming to surgery, you have to know all those knots, which muscle. So the moment you are reaching, we are reaching fourth year, fifth year, we are now connecting the information we learned all along. Because in first year, you learn anatomy, physiology. In second year, pathobiology, these like bacteria, Parasites in third year applied things, for example, epidemiology, yeah, public health. In fourth year, you start in the medicine, so you start connecting now. Suppose you brought a dog and a client say, My dog is sick, mm. and you start explaining, you started vomiting this day. What so in your head, as the client is explaining, you start connecting this part of the body is affected, mm. probably is such, such, such a bacteria causing it. So you are called, all that information has to be in your head. At your fingertips, actually. Yeah. 
So that was like the challenging part of it. Like we had a lot of things and it's not like passing and proceed. No. Mm-hmm. The information in a previous class, you apply them in the next class. Mm-hmm. So what makes, what, that's what made it like, like the challenging so part of it. Yeah. But to be honest, the information is, you can follow the information. It's understandable. It's, yeah. I should say it's not difficult. So yeah. But overall, to be on, overall, the good things outweigh the challenging part. Yeah, it's a program which, apart from learning and becoming a vet after six years, I've learned a lot along the way. Yeah. One of the most important things that I'll never forget in my life is now my journey through research. The interest in research. When did it started? In the year 2015, I remember I was in fourth year or in third year. In 2015, if I started in 2013, that is in third year. So I did an attachment at uh, one of the big institutions in Africa. Mm-hmm. It's called the African Union Center for Ticks and Tick-Borne Diseases. It's based in Lirong, in Malawi. Mm-hmm. It's an African Union Center mm-hmm. that is specialized in production of the vaccines, uh, tick-borne disease vaccines. Yeah, one of the most common one, like one one of the like um, the biggest one is the East Coast Fever vaccine. Yeah. So that is, I should say, like the what made the center to get established was because of this vaccine. Of course, now they have expanded other vaccines, but this is the main vaccine. They were mandated to produce East Coast fever vaccine, the disease of cattle. Yeah, and it's distribute. caused by ticks. Yeah, it's, you know, it's Trans- not caused t- by ticks. Trans- it's transmitted by ticks. It's caused by a virus. No, it's a parasite. A parasite. Yeah, a parasite. What it's what called the Theraria pava. Ah. It's an, uh, what you call an, an, an apicomplex, uh, family. Yeah. So it's ah. called the Theraria pava. Ah. Theraria pava is a parasite. Ah. Yeah. It's a... It's protozoa, actually. Okay. It's a protozoa. It's, it's, a, it's, um, I don't know. What, I don't know. Explain more about that. Oh, that is cause fever. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I, 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 just that I had it a lot. A yes. Actually, my journey through research, I should say, started with this disease. Because when I was attached at that center, that's that's what they used to do a lot at that time. So I knew a lot about East Coast fever at that time. So East Coast fever um, is a disease of cattle and also it's also present in uh, would say sister animals of cattle but in the wildlife. Uh, you know in vet school um, we have those animals which they are, their physiology is a bit similar. So we find that uh, a cow in the wildlife, similar. There's other animals which are have the similar physiology, like them. Things like the buffaloes. Yeah, if you look at them, the anatomy, the way the system are in the coming back to the domestic life, you find that they are similar. So that disease is also present in them. But uh, most of the world, they don't get down. They don't get sick. They are just carriers. Yeah. So um, it's a disease of cattle that is present in the eastern. And southern part of Africa. Mm-hmm. Why is this so? It's because um, the carry the um, the tick which carries, which is like a carrier of this parasite, is present in this location. Mm-hmm. So we find that the uh, epidemiology of this disease is normally localized in this area mm-hmm. because of the presence of the host, the can, the, the vector that is on the, the vector which carries this uh, parasite mm-hmm. is present in this area. Yeah, so, um, 
yeah i'll say it's a disease of cattle yeah basically what it affects um what it does is that um it's a parasite that attacks um it it messes up with the immune i would say it messes up with the immune system of a cow yeah and then later on you find that the animal starts showing signs and symptoms like uh you know general weakness it loses appetite yeah because one it attacks the lymph nodes when it just gets in so you find that the lymph nodes swell up mm-hmm. and then uh the um the life cycle when it is continuing it also reaches the red blood cells yeah it also attacks the red blood cells so you find that uh, in general terms i've seen lame in lay terms it's a disease that is one of the one of the biggest challenges of cattle production mm. is cost fever yeah so sure so, so it affects production when it attacks a farm like maybe the ticks those ticks are present attacks a farm it affects production such that uh, you find that the animal dies with, within a short period of time because of it yeah so I don't should I go in the scientific detail no, of it no, no, in general no, <laughs> yeah so So you in this institute that does tick? Yes, so the ticks and tick-borne diseases. So what they do, they produce Wait. the vaccine. Wait, how hmm. did you what made you want to go into a research institute? Like what's hmm. how did you get interested in it? Oh, it's just Oh, like, thank you. Uh, so, um according to the like the design of the program mm-hmm. from third year you are supposed to do an attachment oh. which is part of like uh, the degree requirements you're supposed to do an attachment so for that year i thought of not going to a clinic because the second year i went to a clinic just to watch but then i had not yet learned about surgery or what i just knew the basics like anatomy and physiology so yeah so that year i went to center for ticks and tick-borne diseases because i really wanted to learn something because that year again we were learning about vaccine vaccinology that year So I thought of going to the center so that I learn more about this because we we went as a field trip one once to the center but I really wanted to do an attachment there to learn more about it. So when I was at the center for ticks and tick-borne diseases that's when I learned now a different world about research. So I saw how they produce the vaccine how they lay ticks for research because the way this vaccine is produced is different from these other vaccine the way they are produced yeah the active ingredient for this vaccine is the actual parasite the sporozoites mm. one stage for so so it's a live vaccine so the way they are giving animals in that uh, they inject it the parasite at the same time give like an antibiotic that antibiotic is not meant to kill it uh, it's just meant to hold it so that the body produces antibodies against this oh okay and then the animal is immune that's that's where it got the name ITM infection and treatment method wow that's, i've never heard of that yeah it's called an ITM vaccine mm. yeah because you inject it's like infecting mm. they arrive sporozoites then you immediately giving you treatment. immediately you give an anti uh, it's, it's not so much it will not okay. eliminate it right away no it will just uh hold giving room for the body to produce antibodies soldiers mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so that each time uh next time when it encounters 
now a dig that the actual parasite that is coming in, yeah, yeah, the body is built again. Yeah, that's how it is. So I saw how this process is made, how this process is done. And one thing that was so, uh, I got like, uh, interested most is that they are, we call it the seed. The first batch of this vaccine was produced here, it was produced in Erie. Hmm. So I saw that, uh, like the seed, actually the ticks which are used there, hmm. the first ticks came from Erie. Hmm. Uh, the whole technology transfer in short came from Erie. Hmm. I saw most of the things written Erie, hmm. number something, Erie, Erie, Erie. Some of it is Erie, which places this. So they told us like Erie hmm. is like the brainchild of this vaccine. Hmm. That's where the technology came from. So just keen. Whenever uh, my act, my immediate supervisor was explaining something to me, how to calculate the infection rate, he was telling me, "No, this formula came from Iri." How so? That's it. I started looking online. What is this Iri? International Research Institute is based in Kenya. They do a lot of livestock research. Yeah. So, but of course, that is another story. Um. So that time with the how this thing is done, and also they were doing a lot of research. Or by then, I remember uh, they would pack forty doses in one straw of the vaccine. That not yet done a research to find out how can we use this dose, because you know in the low and middle income countries, you'd find that uh, farmers, most farmers, are free of four animals. So why buying forty doses? Mm. It's just a wastage. Yeah. So they wanted to reduce the doses. That will, that was another research which they wanted to see. If we reduce the doses, um, how do we adjust the uh, concentration of the sporozoid so that uh, the concentration is the enough? Animals. Yes. Mm. So there was a lot of research that they were doing around that area. And uh, so I got much interested in, oh, okay, this is what they found out. Um, there was another study they were doing on ticks, uh, acaricides. Yeah, so by that time, the issues of people, farmers started complaining that some of the acaricides are not working, ticks are not dying. In short, acaricide resistance. So they were also doing research on those acaricides, find which ones are resistant, mm. and uh, they were going ahead to check which genes inside the tick mm, are responsible for this. So I was just participating, you know, as a student, I don't know anything much, mm. I was just a, a spectator. Mm. They take me this direction, this direction, oh, just to watch. Yeah, they're doing this, okay. <laughs> they're doing this. So that's where my interest in research started. Mm. Ah, I think instead of just going around treating animals, mm. I think this is another area mm. that is more important because we are finding mm. solutions to the problems that are You're there. facing in the field. Yes. Mm. Yeah, all those drugs that we're using, some of them, not when they're not working, we need to find out what is the reason. Mm. Why are they not working? Mm. So finding answers to the problems. Mm improving veterinary services. I think this is another area that is very interesting. Yeah, so I when I went back to school, that is when schools opened, now f- fifth year, uh, the requirement is you are supposed to do a project as a requirement for the degree as well. So, uh, frankly enough, the supervisor at that institution uh, told me we can provide the study for you. I told him I'm more interested in East Coast fever mm. because that is the area which now I've been exposed so much. Yeah. Well, I think I'm interested in East Coast fever. Can they be a small project mm. that an undergraduate student can do, mm. can carry out in East Coast fever? So 
uh, he came up with a topic mm. the topic was uh, basically involving um, the calculation mm. of the concentration of the sporozoites mm. uh, determining how much are we giving the animal so the, the initial the initial method of uh, calculating Okay, the infection rate. That, mm. What what is of sporozoids? As in someone oh, might someone might ask you, what are the sporozoids? So sporozoids that is the infection infective stage of East Coast fever. So this parasite, mm. the one which is causing the disease, the stage at which it now infects the animal, mm. that stage oh. is called the sporozoid. Okay, so yeah. uh, so the concentration of the sporozoids. Yeah. So um the the initially um the way from way back. Because this study, this uh, East Coast fever has been researched upon for more than 40 years now. Mm. Uh, the method which they were using is called a semi-conservative method. It's like an estimation. Mm. You just estimate that we're estimating, um, it's just an estimation of the concentration which is there. Mm. You don't know, How much is it so, yeah. So, the project was centered around that area. Mm. I need to verify, is this the, what they found out at that center was that this method was wrong mm. because um, of a number of things. Number one, if you look at those ticks, yeah, so the bigger the tick, the more the sporozoids it will give because uh, in what we call well, the salivary glands, the more the parasites it will give. Because um, uh, when, when a tick is big, you even the internal parts are also big, mm. yeah. So the it's part, the part which is so crucial, one of the part which is crucial in the tick are the salivary glands. Mm. Salivary glands, that's where this parasite matures. Mm. Of course, there's a whole life cycle that goes on, but uh, where they are is, are the salivary glands. Mm. That's where they mature. So if the tick is big, it will have more salivary glands, and there will be more parasites inside there. Mm. Yes. So. Um, the way these ticks are, female ticks normally give more parasites than male ticks. Why? Because the female ticks have more salivary glands than males. Yeah. But when you're looking at the way they calculate, they estimate, yeah, the concentration of the vaccine per batch, they were using uh, equal numbers of male and female ticks. Yeah. So looking at the mathematics, the way you calculate, you would find that uh, at the end of the day, when they calculate what is in the dose of the vaccine, there were more than parasites than the what actually has been calculated. Mm. So you would find that the animal is given more, mm. yeah, than what is on the calculation there. Mm. This has an implication. Mm. What if uh, you have given more parasites and that antibiotic that you are giving does not match? You find that these yeah, are lives spread. They will cause yeah, the disease. Yeah. Yeah. So that those are the worries which were coming in. Okay. Yeah. So I was given that study to a small study just to evaluate and find out can we do better than this? Yeah. So my process was involving layering of ticks, mm. infecting those ticks, and then compare the two methods, mm. the fifty-fifty, and then now after and then the what a two-to-one ratio. I tried the two-to-one ratio. Mm. So more female ticks than males. Yeah. So and they infect animals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like. You do vaccination. Yeah. After that, now prepare the vaccine from these two, mm. and uh, 
I, I, okay, the study didn't go to the level of now infecting the animals, like testing the vaccine. My study was just to evaluate uh, in vitro and see uh, if we now we can create, we do the infection rate calculations where we have more poses. So what I found out was the two to one ratio brought in a more accurate concentration than the previous method. Yeah. So your your research actually gave results that can be implemented. Yes. So something there. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was just part of the main study which they were doing at that center. Yeah. Was like a small part, a small part within the big project. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So actually, those results were published already. Oh. Yeah. So um, while I was still doing that research, in 2018, we had a visitor from Erie to my university. Mm-hmm. I remember that was Dr. Christine Rosero. Mm. She came to Rwanda. Uh, apparently, Iri and uh, the vet school in Rwanda had this have this collaboration, so it started back by then. Yeah, so they wanted this collaboration whereby they can um, be helping the department one way or the other because being a new department, yeah, we are still an amateur. And by then, none of the students has ever graduated. We we are still there was no cohort which has graduated. Yeah, so what they were doing was to sponsor some of the pro- undergraduate projects. Yeah. Uh, and for uh, mine was not sponsored that time because mine was already sponsored by this Center for Ticks and Tick Bone Diseases, so it was not sponsored. But when we did the pro- the pro- proposal presentations, and uh, they listened to what I was doing, yeah, and then later on, we I met Dr. Christine and explained to her that uh, I've read about this institution, International Sox Institute Institute. From where my project is, mm. Center for Tick and Diseases, mm. and I've read online of what is done, what they do at Erie. Mm. It's like uh, there's more research because more I was more focused on this course fever. In class, we learned that uh, in Erie, they are advancing this vaccine. Mm. They want to move away to do away with this live vaccine, but mm. bring in a subunit. I just learned it in a class. Yes, mm. so I really wanted to come this side. And see, and see, and also, um, it was just my ambition that one day I should go to Erie. Yeah. So when I talked to her, it sounded like, uh, okay, just a small discussion. So when she came back to Kenya, she arranged for an internship. Wow. Mm. A three months internship. So with the support, with the help of Center for Ticks and Tick Bone Diseases, plus the department, plus her, this site, um, the internship was possible. Yeah, a three months internship. So in 2019, February 17th, I came to Kenya. Mm-hmm. For the first time, I was on an aeroplane. You even remember the day? <laughs> I remember the day. It was on a Sunday, oh. 3 p.m. in the and afternoon. This Sunday. Do you remember the other Sunday when mm. you were going to the university? It was a Sunday again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this date was a Sunday. So, okay, uh, just f- flashback a bit mm-hmm. before all this arrangement. Um, in 2018, she came in 20. She came with uh, her colleague, Dr. Florence Mutua, mm. in November. Mm, that time, I was I had started doing also the rotations. What I told you about those internships mm. at the same time doing the project mm. because this is the final year now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, after uh, I got the offer of the internship, that was in January. Mm. That's where now 
um like i think my dream of being going further with science with the research started flourishing in my head like i think i'm going to take this to another level so my project at um, the center for antique bonds had finished had finished so i was just writing the final um, project report the thesis yeah and also i was remaining with one rotation the laboratory yeah, initially I had made an arrangement that I'm going to do it at one of the central hospitals mm. in Lirongwe, Kamu Central Hospital. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm coming to Iri, that would be, uh, be my rotation as well for the laboratory. Mm. Yeah, so, so it was part of you. It's like an attachment. Yeah, an attachment. Mm. Actually. Yes. So yeah, so that was like now where the breakthrough was starting to come out. Now I think I'm taking this to another level. So, 17th of February. So, yeah, it sounded like, okay, the way things were arranged, it was in a very short while. I never believed that it would happen because I talked to Dr. Christine in November. Then uh, um, we started exchanging emails. Yeah, and then I sent the application, how to apply for that internship. Yeah, and then in January, that's when she told me uh, I got now the offer later for that internship, a three-month internship. Yeah. So wow, it, that was super fantastic. In February, the first week, that's when I got the air ticket. I received the email, the air ticket, mm-hmm. and I was told the instructions what what to be ready with, other uh, documents that I need to carry as to prepare as I'll be traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went back home to Rumbi, and I'd bid farewell to relatives. I'm going to Kenya.